In today's episode, I'm gonna sit down and talk to Anki Tokosh. We're gonna dive into how to get started in creative advertising and what are the most important skills you need to learn if you want to become a creative director in the future. Ankita has worked with brands like Coca-Cola and Durex and she will share with us her advertising campaigns with them and how fun it was and what were the hurdles that she had to go through as a young marketer. Plus, Ankita is a really funny comedian in Ho Chi Minh City. So if you're around, don't hesitate to join her shows and have a big laugh. This episode is actually very close to me because I've always wanted to reach out to Ankita and through this podcasting channel, I had the courage and reach out and DM her to say, hey, I really like your work and I would love to have you on this channel. She said yes. So let's get into the episode. Creative director, how did you get into the creative, like become a creative director? I studied science, you know, I have a master's in science and then yeah, everybody was hoping that I would become a researcher or go into academics or something. But I, when it came to choosing my career, I thought that I'm more inclined to do creative things. And a friend of mine was working uh, in a non-creative department in an advertising agency. And I just told him that, hey, I think I can do copywriting. And then he was like, oh, really? Then come meet our copywriter. And so I made four or five ads on my own. And I saw the copywriter and she was quite impressed. And then she just directed me to a couple of more agencies uh, back home in India. And I got a job and that's how I started my journey in advertising. And yeah, it was, it's a long journey. I think this is my 22nd year in advertising. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. How old were you when you switched from science to marketing? I mean, creative advertising. Uh, my master's and um, like literally right after that, I jumped into a job uh, in advertising and um, I would like to ask you like okay how does your day-to-day -day look like as a creative director like uh, I don't know much about creative directing although I heard a little bit I can envision what it means but I think it's best if you tell me so right now I'm not in a nine-to-five job I'm freelancing uh, with agencies so right now in my uh, what I do is I go twice a week to uh, an agency here but then uh, if I describe to you uh, when I was working with like uh, agency on a normal like uh, with Dentsu or uh, Geometry here, uh, it's crazy. You just go to office. You don't know when you get out. Um, but the work process is like you receive a brief, then you brainstorm with your team and they, the team comes up with ideas. And when you are a creative director, your responsibility is more of taking those ideas and, and sharpening them, you know, checking that if they're answering the brief uh, to solve the client's problems and then basically give uh, also give a creative uh, direction to how, how to express those ideas in terms of art, in terms of copy. There is a team which is executing it, but you are kind of, um, you know, uh, you are as a guardian angel, you are the owner of the whole uh, campaign and you're looking at how it's actually, if it's matching to your vision and uh, how it's coming up and making sure that it looks really good and reads really good, that it becomes a successful campaign eventually when it gets out. So it's a very, very interesting and fun process, but also very, very, uh, you have to work really hard. What I would ask you, I would like to ask you is that uh, right now, so do you have your own team or do you go to the agency and then they, you help their in-house team to put the yeah, campaigns together? agencies in-house team. I mean, uh, with this agency, actually, I have helped them hire people also. So um, the team is the agency owner and I kind of uh, interview people together and 
we know what our goals are, what kind of people uh, we are looking for. So we do that. And yeah, I work with their team. So uh, the, do they have any expectations like uh, with this campaign, this is the ROI we are looking at, or this is the how many leads Always. or customers we're looking at? Always. And how they, can you, with creative ideas, I think it's it's really hard to envision like, okay, with this creative idea, can this get this many clients or, or this many products sold? How, how do you measure those things? I mean, when you uh, work for a, a long time in the industry, then you get an idea of what's going to work and what's not going to work. And there are measurement metrics and, uh, you know, uh, based on the KPI, sometimes it's just uh, brand love. Sometimes it could be uh, lead generation. So based on the KPIs and, and so what I described to you is the creative part of the campaign. And then there comes the media part. So you go on media and you also work with closely with the media team. Uh, as, as to which which assets to push media money on more and then which which assets not so much and all of that. So uh, together we work and then uh, we have measurement KPIs and then we, we also have the flexibility to, you know, mid-campaign to revise stuff because we can see that, okay, this ad, this content is performing really well and this is not so much. So maybe we can uh, change it a little bit to, you know, make this uh, perform well as well. So, yeah, it's a very dynamic uh, process as well. Hi, if you listen to this part, thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoy the show, please leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or my YouTube channel. If you have any feedback for the show, please let me know on the Aspiring CMO Podcast social media pages on Facebook and Instagram, or send me an email on my website. Now, let's get back to the episode. How does that what campaign last? Like, is it like a six-month campaign? Six months is a big duration. Sometimes it can be just a two-week campaign, like let's say a TikTok campaign will be very short-lived. Six months is a, is a, like a proper brand campaign will be probably six months. Let's say special occasion campaigns like TED, the Lunar New Year will be like two months, three months, something like that. So it also depends on the campaign objectives of uh, how long a campaign will run. Oh, awesome. And what are the, can you tell me some, Edward, like, project examples that you did before for was it local brands actually or are you working remotely i think i missed that part um, actually it's both i mean uh so here in this market i think the most uh fun i had is when i was working with dentsu and uh i was handling durex so i was basically handling the whole record ben kaiser portfolio but durex was a major brand and um during my uh, handling their account, we won a bunch of awards here in APAC and globally for just doing the always on campaign. And it was such an interesting challenge because, you know, we were talking about sex, which is a taboo subject. And then we were working in Vietnamese. So we had to find a way to make, you know, English is easy to make uh, innuendos work. But we had to find a way to make that work in Vietnamese. And we actually gave Durex a very different uh, kind of um, you know, personality. So we were being very topical. There's a new uh, Fast and Furious movies releasing. Uh, there is a, a Lion King uh, 3D version releasing. There is, you know, Trump and Kim Jong-un are meeting in Singapore. All of these, uh, there's a football match going on. Everything. Uh, we just took it up. And then Durex had a point of view based on that. And then it became so popular and like literally people started waiting for our content like there would be something interesting and then there would be a comments on um, from our fans that 
okay, what what does Direx think about it? So we really managed to do a very uh, lovely, and it was not just one campaign. It just went on for the two years that I was uh, working there. It was an always on campaign. So it was very challenging, very fun, very on the go, but um, very, very fulfilling as well, very rewarding. I also did uh, handle a part of Coca-Cola, uh, not Fusty, I would like to mention. So Fusty also, I did a very interesting campaign called uh, Song in a Bottle campaign, where uh, we did a very digital-based campaign. And then the, uh, our main challenge was to, okay, so we created a song with three influencers and all of that, but we also wanted to uh, people to try the product because trials were not really great. So we locked the song in the bottle. So you had to basically scan the bottle to get to the song. And for the first two weeks of launching the campaign, you couldn't have downloaded the or shared the song. So that kind of increased the mm, trial a lot more. It, it was also a very fun campaign because when you are you know, moving around, uh, let's say a Circle K within 500 meters of Circle K, you receive a video call uh, from one of the influencers who will urge you to go and buy a bottle of UST and get to the new song and so we had a lot of different lovely tactics and which made this uh this campaign also a big successful campaign again we went uh we won a few awards uh locally as well as in apac which was great so yeah wow that's awesome how do you like land these clients that like initially that now we are talking about like peer present but how did you get to work with Durex and coca-cola uh, so Durex was a was a it was a big pitch. Uh, they gave us a brief. They gave seven agencies a brief, and there were two intense round of uh, pitching, from which we won the client. So uh, all the uh, Coca Cola also the same. So you basically go out there and uh, pitch, and then you try as like your best to win the pitch, and then the client is yours. That's how it works. Amazing. How do you, are you the one also doing the pitches or is there someone else on the team? Of course, I have to lead the pitches as well. How do you feel making this pitch? Is it like, I feel like I'm is so anxious, like stand in front of this, uh, so many people and like kind of sell your idea. I used to be, but I've done this for so long now. Now it just comes very naturally to me to go. Uh, and I know the storytelling. I know that because I am also so uh, deeply involved uh, in the campaign building. So the story is pretty clear in my head. So I know how what I'm going to say and how I'm going to sell. You basically have to tell these stories. So I was saying when I when I first started working as a, let's say, below creative director, like a creative group head or something, I mean, I was not a very confident storyteller. Uh, it just took me years of practice and, you know, you just have to get better. It's like comedy. I mean, when you first start doing it, you're really bad. <laughs> But then as you keep going, keep going, not give up, then you become better and better. So it's like that. So cool. And uh, were you working for the same agency for a while so that you became a creative director? How did you actually detach yourself from working in an agency to go freelance? I worked with the multiple agencies in India. Then I lived in Bangladesh before moving here. So two agencies in Bangladesh, then two agencies here. And then uh, 2020, yeah, right after COVID, Basically, I decided to go into freelancing rather than having just one uh, nine-to-five job because agency life is also very stressful and takes up a lot of your time. It was a tough call, but at the same time, I I was just starting out comedy and I wanted to spend more time on comedy. And 
and which was which seemed like it won't be possible if I continue with the the agency job thing. Thankfully, right after I quit, I got offers from my friends who were my ex colleagues as well who started their own independent boutique agencies. Uh, they offered me to help them out, and that just so, such an easy transition. I said yes to that, and then I started working and. Very good. I'm really grateful that I get to work with friends now. Uh, but yeah, I was very anxious. I, I didn't know if I'll get enough freelance um, offers. His comedy is still not paying, right? <laughs> so, how's that? Yeah, I love comedy shows too. Like, I think that your comedy show was the first one I went to in Saigon, and it was in rehab station. It was really fun. Um, oh, I love seeing I love seeing you on stage, and it's it's I don't know for me, comedy is like a great entertaining how to say activity you know instead yeah. of theater you go to stand-up comedy <laughs> and then you actually get a beer so that's kind of nice <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah um so most of the time when you do your project are those uh mostly tv commercial kind of type or is it more digital ads or is it the so mix or it really depends Nowadays, yeah, more people are having a very big focus on digital, but we also get uh, uh, TV commercials as well. It Again, it depends on the scale of the campaign, basically. Sometimes uh, a client wants to go big and they want to do TV as well as a digital campaign. Sometimes the client wants to do just a digital-focused campaign. And then we come up with, uh, you know, uh, the suitable kind of uh, content, like hero content for a campaign. And then we have... Uh, do the amplification uh, kind of have the legs and arms uh, of the campaign so it really depends on the client budget and the requirement uh, the campaign objective when you really need mass uh, awareness tv still works because it just is everywhere uh, but then also kind of shows you as like a premium brand like you go on tv and all that but then also because everybody has a smartphone and people are so much spending so much time on social media so social media is, is really very important as well like you can discard tv and just do social media campaigns as well that's perfectly fine what do you prefer personally like creating campaigns for more like a big production or digital ad campaign no for me the scale of the campaign is not never important it's how interesting if, if the work is fun that's when because as I was mentioning to you about Durex, right? It was always on Facebook, that's it. And maybe some digital ads and stuff. But the work was so fun. So that's, that's what keeps me going. It doesn't matter if it's a big television commercial or it's a very small piece of, let's say, an AR filter. It doesn't matter. It depends on how fun the work is and how attractive it becomes eventually when it gets out and people start loving it and talking about it. That's what gives me a uh, lot of, uh, well, I feel fulfilled. Awesome. If you were to give an advice for someone who wants to get into become like creative director like you, like how would you advise them? Like what stages do they have to go through at the beginning and mm. towards the middle of their career? So in the creative industry, you either become a copywriter, which means you write uh, or you become a designer and art director, uh, which means you do the designing part because those two are the key things that uh, are the kind of the pillars of the creative industry and you have to start at that level. And depending on what your where your aptitude is and uh, where your skill set is, you can start with either. And then you move forward, like uh, you, you keep working as, as uh, we start 
like I started as a junior copywriter in an agency. I worked there for like two years. Then I got to another agency as a senior copywriter. And then uh, after that, I immediately got a big jump uh, because my work. So you have to keep building your portfolio as and when you uh, keep working with agencies. You have to find the really good ads. Sometimes they are not even published ads, but they are really, they talk about uh, your creativity. They show your creative prowess. They show your um language uh, uh, efficiency and all of that uh, and then you build your own portfolio and then next next time when you want, think you you want to want to change you want to step forward in your career you go meet other agencies you show them your portfolio and nobody will talk to you unless uh, they see your portfolio in a creative industry so this is very very important uh, and then uh, yeah so then you you know move towards uh, senior copy copy supervisor uh, or art supervisor and then creative group head and then ACD which is associate creative director and then you become uh, a creative director like I jumped uh, a few steps like I, I was never an ACD I was a creative group head from there I straight away got uh, a job as a creative director but some some people have to probably go through all the steps which is fine that's not a problem and yeah, that's, and then you become executive creative director, chief creative officer. Uh, yeah, the sky is the limit. Exactly. That's so awesome. So do you see yourself in the future of keep doing the creative director, maybe starting your own agency? I have run my own agency in India for eight years. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a boutique creative and filmmaking agency called Metamorphosis. And I ran that for eight years and no, I don't think I'll ever run my own agency. <laughs> I, I yeah. rather, yeah, I prefer uh, this consultancy or freelancing uh, and where I can pick and choose the projects and the people, very importantly, who I want to work with. Uh, that gives me a lot of flexibility because agency business is also hard, like, uh, you know, and when you start your own business, you have to see the business side of things more than the creative side of things, right? So, yeah, I would never like to go back there. <laughs> okay. okay. And do you see yourself more like a stand-up comedian, like continuous stand-up comedy? I really enjoy the whole process of writing and then going out there and trying to make people laugh. This whole thing really uh, gives me a lot of uh, adrenaline rush and high. So, and I'm loving the process. I keep doing it until I love the process. So I really enjoy the journey. I don't have a goal, uh, like an end goal, you know. I, I just really immensely enjoy the journey. Because this is also a very creative process and it's nerve-wracking to go out there. And, you know, every time you go on stage, you become so nervous. I mean, despite how for however long you've done it, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't done it for so long also. Uh, but yeah, when you do well, then if the feeling is so nice, uh, yeah, I would love to continue doing that. I love it. Oh, it's so much. Okay. Anything you would like to share from your experience? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to sound preachy or something. A lot of people after seeing my comedy, they have come and told me that, um, oh, I wish I, I want to and I could never. And I'm like, I was like you. Absolutely. I had no clue that I would ever be able to go up there and uh, do comedy. It's the same in advertising also. It's just, just do it, you know? I, there's yeah. no shame in failing. There is no shame, just, um, it's okay to fail. I mean, I think people are always thinking that, 
whenever I tell them, I encourage everyone to, hey, just come to an open mic, say whatever. Just that whole feeling of standing in front of a mic in front of 10 people and saying what is in your head. And they're like, no, I need to write. I need to write. You just need to go out there and do it and do it badly. It's okay. I failed like 15 times and I've bombed horribly. And I thought that I'm never going to do it again. Uh, but then I really had good friends and supporters who would tell me that, oh, it's okay to fail. Come on, you go and do it again. And so, yeah, I think if you, if you have something in your mind that you are really feel passionate about, I think you should definitely do it. Like try it once uh, and then see how it goes. I love this so much. And this is why I also started this podcast because I, I just wanted to talk to really cool people and I just kind of do it. And I made a brand out of it and I'm building it, but I don't yeah, know also. where it's going to be. It's just, just do it really. Yeah. Same thing here. Just do it. <laughs> and do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any like mistake that you think that was major enough that it always comes back to your mind like okay i made this mistake never again or like oh this was a great lesson something like this i mean i have made plenty of mistakes i think and uh nothing really uh nothing is really that i i don't regret anything any decision that i've taken in my life so my uh, approach has always been that own your uh, decisions. It can be a bad decision. It's okay to make mistakes. So, yeah, no, I think I don't regret at least any of the decisions or any of the mistakes I've made because em from everything I have um, learned something uh, to go ahead. Like, I'll tell you, you know, I, I started this food stall a year and a half ago, right? And now, to be honest, I feel like it, it was a bit of a misadventure. Like, I really don't have a lot of time it's basically, I understand that I, I could probably do it really well if I was just doing that or maybe two things. But doing three things at the same time, it takes away a lot of time. Like I have ideas. I really don't have time to implement them. I really neglect that place. I have a feeling I don't do enough for do it. So I, I kind of see. But at the same time, because I see, look back and I'm like, no, if I were to look back at a year and a half ago, I would still do it because... I was so keen on doing something in F&B. I'm a foodie and all of that. And I really wanted to do it. So I just did it. And then now it's, I'm like, it's probably a mistake. <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. We'll see how it goes. I'm still not quitting. Um, but yeah. What I it's so interesting because it's like creative directing is something I, I had no idea about because I quickly jumped into digital marketing only and SEO. Um, so for me, this area is like, so, so, so blurry, I guess my, I have a question because, uh, in terms of like the future of, of creative advertising, because a lot of things are changing with AI and ah, I, you're going to bring the AI question. Of course, because I <laughs> person, here's my hypothesis. I, I think that because of AI, there's going to be a lot more value in creative advertising, like, uh. I don't know, like the, the whole the experience, the, the visuals, the KOLs, like I think they, they will bring get more value because all the other stuff in, in digital can I think it's gonna take like a couple of years until your neighbor realizes that all the articles are written by AI. You know? Yeah, I mean I have never there are a lot of uh, people are scared and all that. I have never considered technology as a threat because I think it's it's First of all, we make it ourselves. It's man-made, right? 
and then we just it's a it's a nice tool it's gonna help us out you know to make it even better and sharper and all that so uh i think ai is gonna revolutionize uh, uh in a few years time we'll see it's also for now what i see from a little bit of dabbling i see that it's as good as the prompts you give it right so you still That's need true. to give it really sharp prompts to in order to get good output out of it so yeah, we still, uh, we'll see, I guess. Uh, but I think AI is going to be a powerful tool in our hands it's for, for the creative agency, uh, uh, creative industry especially. And uh, who knows what's in what's waiting for us in future. Like so many of options and possibilities. And I think also one good thing is that it will probably democratize, like even, you know, softwares like Canva has really democratized designing and all of that. I mean, these days, I I can't do anything with Photoshop, but I I do my own poster designs on Canva, and I'm not saying, Same. yeah, I'm not saying that if it one can one is like they're mutually exclusive or one's gonna replace the other, but I think some technology also kind of democratizes uh, the uh, like when digital camera came, everybody thought that oh, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? I mean, a lot of people have digital, a uh, lot more people have access to digital camera now. It's just easier because uh, you can see what you're clicking right now. So technology always helps us to progress a few uh, steps forward. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to using AI um, for some creative work as well. Awesome. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining the show. And how uh, that people. Yes. Oh, by the way, guys, if you guys are in Saigon, you should check out Ankita's comedy shows. They are hilarious. And <laughs> thank you. And the, and just the whole environment are pretty fun. I don't know if you, are you still doing it for the rehab station? They, they have a nice venue. Uh, no, I have not done a show in rehab for a long time, actually. I'm mostly doing shows at uh, uh, Le Café de Stagiaire uh, in Taudien. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The last few shows I've done there. Uh, but yeah, if you if somebody wants to follow my comedy, I'm on Insta called Tough Love at the rate Tough Love with Ankita. Uh, you can follow me and then say see, see uh, whatever upcoming shows or my upcoming travels. Um, yeah, amazing, cool. Um, thank you so much for joining the show, and I will link your Facebook and Instagram down in the show notes. And yeah, thank you so much, Ankita.